Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and joining me on the Lombardi's Legends hotline is Dane, practicing some safe uh, social distancing, but still need to talk some pack. Dane, how are you doing, man? Wags, I'm doing all right here. It's, uh, I think in these times, it's nice to be able to talk about something, get our mind off of other things going on in the world. So uh, let's talk some free agency, and let's talk about how the Green Bay Packers are going to get better this off season before uh, a really exciting 2020 season. Yeah, uh, let's do that. Um, before we do, though, and uh, we still have to get into some of the DB review. We got a little bit behind. Uh, just uh, off season has moved quickly. A lot of other stuff going on. Uh, in our last episode, we did talk a little bit about some of that DB group. But, Dane, let's say you – let's just uh, kind of go through these guys and talk about how they did last year, look at this position group and, and how it might change going into this next season because uh, things are going to happen here quickly. I don't expect that the DB group is a position that will necessarily be targeting any uh, top-tier free agents. Uh, but uh, it would be good just to, to give them their due and, and kind of just look at this position group first. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great to me. Uh, do you want to start with kind of the, the starters here? I mean, Jair Alexander is really coming into his own legs. I, I'm just so impressed by him. Uh, he's taking on these leadership skills, too, I feel like. He's just a guy who is really becoming uh, someone that opposing quarterbacks don't even want to throw to his side of the field. He's physical against the run, comes up against that. Uh, just uh, can't say enough about him. He's also got a really short memory. I love his energy. Uh, he's good with the fans. He's just he's a special guy, seemingly on and off the field. And the Packers just hit a home run, landing him in the first round a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I think one thing that we just want to see from Jair, and it'll be interesting uh, to see this next season coming into his third year. There were a few times where he seemed to have a couple of lapses. But overall, he played at a high, high level. So uh, if he's someone that can take that next step and doesn't have those lapses here and there, we're talking about uh, a shutdown corner potentially yep. on, on his side of the field. And I don't just throw around that term lightly. Uh, he's not quite there yet, but you can see that he has the potential to get there. Uh, most cornerbacks get beat occasionally, uh, and the fact that – I am pointing out that he did get beat occasionally uh, in just his second year uh, shows what high level and what confidence I have in what he can potentially be. Uh, and if he can take even that next step this next season, look out because uh, that's just going to take one half of the field away. He's not far from there yet uh, as it is, but um, I, I agree, Dane. He had uh, a, a very solid year, um, and uh, uh, I, I look for him to continue to take steps this next season as well. Yeah, and I mean, on the other side, too, Kevin King, a uh, former first-round pick himself, you know, the Packers obviously have invested a ton 
uh, in in the um, in the defensive back position, and maybe Kevin King actually we traded back. If my memory serves me correct, he may have technically been a second round pick, but he was the first guy we took uh, one one of these seasons here in the last few years. Um, I thought a guy who fans at times got down on, uh, but he's long, he's rangy. I thought he played his best season as a pro, Wags, and uh, being able to stay healthy is definitely a skill set in the NFL, something he had struggled with prior to this season. Still got banged up and dinged up at different times, but really had an opportunity to play through those injuries. Uh, overall, I thought he ended up having a very, very nice season. And uh, considering the injury history he had, I still kind of looked at him as somebody who could continue to develop. And I, I don't see bad habits with him. Um, he certainly had a couple moments there where they had some head scratchers, as Green Bay Packer fans can remember. Uh, but overall, Wags, I was really confident in what Kevin King could do. And what I like about him, uh, in addition to Jair Alexander, is they're just different kind of defensive backs, and it really allows for the Packers, when they're both on the field, together the defense is noticeably better and it really allows I think for the Packers to be able to match up the way they want to with their DBs on opposing wide receivers and, and it really puts the Packers in the driver's seat so curious your thoughts on Kevin King but I thought overall a really strong season uh, for, for that young man. Yeah and let's not forget that he hasn't played that many more games than Jair has. Yep. He came out the year before but uh, and you're right, he was, uh, I think, the second pick in the second round. But with some injury, and especially in his first season, he missed quite a few games. So he's still a very young player in terms of the amount of experience that he has. And you couldn't have said it better. I was going to point out that he compliments Jair so well because of his size. Uh, and uh, so they're able to cause different type of mismatch problems with some of the opposing wide receivers they're not necessarily just lining up on one side and taking uh, whoever lines up against them. I think they can move around, and uh, more often than not, uh, it was actually Kevin King that seemed to be matched up against the opposing's number one wide receiver than it was necessarily Jair Alexander. Now, that wasn't exclusive, but uh, he had some really phenomenal games, and, and I felt that when the ball was getting thrown his way, uh, he, for the most part, uh, was able to be in the right position. Uh, and there's a lot more going on out there than just one-on-one. Uh, the, these guys, uh, we talk about it up front. They need to, to work uh, as a unit. Um, and I think it's a little bit underrated, but that's going on a lot, uh, especially with the amount of open space that these guys have to cover uh, with the secondary. So um, let's talk a little bit then about uh, the guys on the back end. Uh, Adrian Amos, and I think he just had a, a really quietly underrated but very solid first season with the Packers, and I'm sure glad that they were able to pick him up in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, super underrated guy, but he did everything we could have absolutely asked for, and kind of, quite frankly, I think Weggs, what you and I talked about when we signed him, he's not a guy who's necessarily flashy. He's just a guy that makes everybody else around him better because he's assignment-specific. He understands what to do. He's very rarely out of place. He just makes everybody better because he's so darn solid. So really loved Adrian Amos' addition uh, to, to the Green Bay Packers, uh, especially the safety position, a position that, man, we needed some help at. He totally stabilized that. And then Darnell Savage, uh, one of our first-round picks, 
really like Savage in his uh, rookie year. I thought that, um, you know, he's still growing into this uh, role. Uh, he got injured. I thought that it was noticeable he was playing injured at times. Um, and I think that he's going to continue to grow. Uh, I expect uh, in year two, understanding this defense even better, if he can stay healthy, stay on the field. Legs, he's kind of a missile out there. He reminds me a little bit of Bob Sanders. I hope he's not like Bob Sanders with the injuries, but Bob Sanders with the playmaking ability. I really think that his ceiling is that high. He's that kind of player. But, um, you know, we're going to need to see him continue to grow going into year two, uh, especially since he was a first-round pick, and it's something that I expect him to be able to accomplish. Yeah, I thought Savage had a, a decent first season. He didn't have the number of impact plays that I was kind of hoping that uh, we would see from him. But to be fair, Adrian Amos, going back to him, he had to move around quite a bit. Um, when uh, Raven Green went down, uh, it was Adrian Amos that was really being called upon to take on some additional responsibilities uh, at times, and so and he had to come up and play the run quite a bit. Yeah. To be to be honest with you, so as well as um, uh, a lot of tight end coverage, um, and uh, we talked about some of the deficiencies that we had at the inside linebacker position. So a lot of additional responsibilities for these two guys this past season, and it seemed like they just sort of played it safe a lot of times, and I think you're right. Uh, Savage, after he came back from the injury, I'm not going to say that he was tentative. I, I don't think that's it at all, but um, he, he certainly uh, didn't look like he was 100% all the time, so uh, I'm sure that that uh, can have some impact as well. So um, it will be interesting to see if if Amos is able to – you know, settle in and be uh, more of that back-end guy uh, if that doesn't allow Savage to be that uh, playmaker or that ball hawk on the back-end that uh, I think he can be. Uh, so I'm excited to see what happens. Certainly injuries are a part of the game, but if the uh, Packers can shore up uh, some of the depth uh, and uh, settle in with some of these other guys uh, that are ready to step in and provide some help uh, if needed, and I think that could really um, – it was a stabilizing year for that safety group coming off uh, a pretty awful 2018 campaign. Uh, so these two guys were a, a big upgrade from what we had seen the year before. But I think we could even see with these two same players uh, a, a significant uh, uptick in production uh, for, for that from them. Uh, and that safety group overall going into next season as well. So uh, you have to feel really good about the core – uh, starting unit of this DB um, uh, position, uh, but and we haven't even talked about a couple of other guys that I think uh, came through and played big. Let's st let's start with uh, Shandon Sullivan, um, and he's someone that uh, uh, came in and, and we weren't sure if he would be more than a camp guy. Uh, certainly, we we had him on the pod, so so we love Showtime and kind of got to see up close and personal with what he's about and what kind of person he is, and uh, he showed out on the field that not only did he deserve to be on the team, but uh, he's a piece to watch uh, for this defense moving forward. I definitely think uh, he's going to have an expanded role going into next season as well. Yeah, Wags, and, and piggybacking off that, I was doing a little research before this podcast. Can you believe Shandon's still only 23 years old? I mean, he's, he's still a very young man, uh, even though he's played two years in the NFL now, the first with Philly, now in Green Bay. Uh, I, I agree with you. 
totally going to play an expanded role next year. He played all 16 games last year for the Packers, continued to find his way to the field, continued to battle, uh, played cornerback, played some safety, uh, did a little bit of everything for the Packers. There's a very, very good chance as we transition talking about Tremont Williams. I think there's a very good chance, Wags, that uh, Shannon Sullivan ends up being the Packers' nickel cornerback next year and finds himself on the field an awful lot. Uh, with a, a Packer defense that plays the nickel an awful lot. So very excited to see his progression and continue to develop. And then Tremont Williams bags, um, you know, the ageless wonder to a certain degree. I thought that he was on the field an awful lot. Uh, incredible how he was able to stay healthy uh, all year. Uh, played really well, I thought, uh, most of the season. Um, he came with a very high price tag. I think part of that was, uh, was uh, his uh, – Field, on-field production, but also legs. I think that uh, the other piece of his his skill set was really solidifying and working with some of these younger guys on the roster. There's no doubt that these guys all look up to Tremont Williams, and they should. Uh, he's had a very long, successful career. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's done it all. We love Tremont. Uh, I question if he comes back to Green Bay. I wonder if he uh, is still interested in playing the game. Uh, that's not to take away from his passion. He's about as passionate of a football player as you're going to find. Uh, I'm just I'm going to be fascinated to see in free agency what the Packers do. But should we not bring Tremont back? I think Shannon Sullivan, no doubt, is going to uh, slide into that role uh, of nickelback for the Packers. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the makeup of this group, when they signed Tremont, it was a lot of young talent that was on the roster, but extremely unproven. And so it made a lot of sense for Tremont to be sort of that safety net. If they had this these talented guys that maybe are not quite ready to go, that's not really the case anymore at this time. In fact, I think there's a couple of guys that are sort of knocking on the door that maybe we want to take a look at uh, to, to have an opportunity to step in a la Shandon Sullivan last year. You look at guys like uh, Josh Jackson and being one, that I'm sure a lot of Packer fans are wondering if if he's you know going to live up to that second round draft uh, pick that he that we used on him a couple of seasons ago. But even a Kadar Holman, I think uh, we saw we like some some things that we saw from him in camp this past season, and he didn't really get onto the field uh, much at all during the regular season. We were fortunate enough. To, to stay really healthy at this position uh, overall uh, throughout the season. But uh, those are a couple of, of young guys that I think uh, could really be knocking on the door and be, um, you know, uh, looking for some additional responsibility. And that's not even talking about uh, I'm sure we'll be taking a, a guy or two in the draft uh, at either uh, a safety or a cornerback position. So um, at this point, I agree. I I just – it's it's not – having anything to do with Tremont as a player as much as I just think at at this point in his career and kind of just looking at the, the Packers roster at this these two position groups overall, it, it probably just doesn't really make a lot of sense to uh, use a roster spot uh, on Tremont Williams. Uh, unfortunately, um, he's had a heck of a run, uh, but we'll see if he comes back for one more season. Um, I certainly uh, would not be disappointed by that development. Yeah, and I mean, talk about you as you're naming these guys. And I think you and I were both really impressed with Josh Jackson uh, on special teams this year. A uh, guy with a ton of heart, uh, obviously a lot of passion for the game, was 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 really a terror 
I thought at times on the special teams units is still able to carve out uh, a space for him. And uh, and uh, even uh, after all the guys you mentioned, uh, we also have uh, Kavion Ento, uh, who I thought in preseason showed an awful lot, was on the Packers practice squad all year. So he's getting up to speed as well. He was an undrafted guy, uh, but clearly someone the Packers liked an awful lot. And then also we just uh, recently signed Deshaun Amos, uh, another Amos leg, <laughs> Deshaun Amos, uh, cornerback who was playing in Canada last year. So uh, the Packers already, and this is before the draft, I mean, the Packers have a ton of uh, defensive back talent. It's very youthful. Uh, it's very exciting, I think, to, to see this uh, as, uh, as a position group that we've invested in for years and years. Uh, it's, it's exciting to see some of these young guys. And then Wags, we, we still have some of these safeties over there as well. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what, I thought Will Redman. Uh, tell me what you thought about Will Redman this year because his special teams play, when he needed to play on defense, a former third-round pick from the 49ers uh, who, you know, really came into Green Bay, battled his way onto the roster, and I thought at times flashed a lot of potential and, and flashed quite a bit of talent that showed why he was once a third-round draft pick. Yeah, absolutely. I I think he's uh, he's going to be someone that I would be shocked if the uh, Packers don't tender him an offer. I mean, he's he's not a unrestricted free agent, so uh, the Packers do have exclusive rights with Will Redmond, and and I fully expect that they will bring him back uh, to be part of this unit. Uh, and then certainly you're looking at um, a couple of other guys at that safety level with uh, Raven Green and Ibrahim Campbell. Now, Campbell's someone that we talked about last time. I'm not sure he's someone that they uh, make an offer to and bring back, but they could probably sign him at any point down the road if they need to um, to come in and compete and be a depth uh, guy. But uh, Raven Green and, and Will Redman, I think, are definitely two guys that, based on what we saw from them last year, uh, can step in, and I I feel like you know um, I can be comfortable with them being out on the field. Uh, certainly, we're, we're hoping that uh, our uh, starters stay healthy all season. But uh, if they get nicked up at any point, I, I'm comfortable with either Redmond or Raven Green stepping in uh, and giving us uh, spot duty or even getting some additional snaps depending on the matchups. Yeah, I mean, you say those two names and Wags. Quite frankly, two years ago. Uh, before the additions of Savage and uh, and uh, of um, Amos, uh, both both Will Redman and Raven Green would probably have been our two starting safeties back there, right? So it shows the revamp that Goody, I think, has been able to uh, do in a very, very short period of time. Uh, I know Raven Green has struggled a little bit with injuries in the last two seasons when he's been in Green Bay, but when he's been on the field, they really like to play him in that dime position, uh, at the linebacker position in dime. They do like to move him around a little bit, and he's a guy that the Packers really seem to like. So I'm excited to see him. Hopefully he can stay healthy. But, Wags, the future looks really bright right now in Green Bay at the defensive back position. All young talent, all guys that are eager, and clearly guys that like to play together. Yeah, absolutely. I don't really see uh, this unit being some – where that uh, the front office looks to make a lot of additions. As I said earlier, I fully expect that they will spend a pick or two uh, at some point, and I don't think it will be early in the draft, but I guess you never know. 
so I, I think it really makes sense that they'll continue to develop some of these guys and uh, look for some of the second and third year guys that maybe haven't been out on the field quite as much uh, to be given some additional responsibilities or I should say earn some additional responsibilities. I think uh, we have a very stable uh, unit overall uh, from our starting and core guys there. So it's it's an opportunity to perhaps save a little bit of money on this position group. Uh, and um, if indeed Tremont Williams doesn't come back, I, I will uh, be sad. But, um, you know, again, we've had a heck of a run with Tremont and, and uh, I would I would wish him well. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if you have anything else to add, Leg, but uh, I think that this is just a great position group. And uh, I'm really excited to, to see the competition. I think you're, you're absolutely right. I would agree with you. Uh, the only way potentially we see a, uh, a high draft pick maybe come in is if we draft a guy who's maybe listed as a safety, but we see him as more of a middle linebacker, right? So he kind of comes in playing one of those kind of du- <laughs> excuse me, dual roles. Um, but otherwise, I totally agree, and I'm just really excited the direction this defense is going. Yeah, uh, I really don't have anything else to add to that. So um, let's jump over into the free agency then. So, Dane, I I don't know how ready you are for the start of free agency. Uh, it seems yeah. like it's come up really quickly. Um, we're recording this now Sunday evening, and uh, it looks like as of right now, the NFL is not going to delay the start of free agency. So legal tampering starts tomorrow. And uh, free agency in earnest, uh, guys can start signing as of Wednesday. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here um, if they're able to fly around, get physicals done, and, and one of these contracts become official. But uh, you, you folks might actually start hearing some agreements in principle and a lot of the rumor mill going full blast by the time you have a chance to listen to this. So uh, I apologize in advance if if uh, some of this might sound like old news, but we're just going to try to, I think, give you the framework of what the Packers realistically may be able to do and what position groups uh, they're more likely going to be targeting to uh, uh, get a, a couple of players to, to be bought in because it, it's apparent to me that uh, we're not going to sit this out entirely. I do think that we're going to try to make at least a couple of additions. It's not going to be like last season, but um, I do expect to see a couple of additions by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, and Legs, let's actually start looking. Uh, let's go position by position, and, and I'll tell you what. I think we actually should uh, talk first about the quarterback position, believe it or not. Um, this is a position that Tim Boyle has been able to battle and carve out a spot as a backup quarterback for the Packers last season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had, a, had I, I thought, a very healthy season overall, and uh, thank, thank goodness. Uh, and, you know, that, that definitely led to a lot of success for us. Uh, but if the Packers ever were to go ahead and uh, maybe assign a veteran free agent at the quarterback position, uh, I'll tell you what, this is one of the more bizarre free agency periods for quarterback. There's quite a bit of talent, I think. Uh, on this, uh, uh, on the, the, the free agent market right now. And of course, we know about Prescott and Breeze and Brady and uh, Tannehill just think the deal, uh, and, and Rivers and, and Winston, all these guys. But then you start to look down and I look at guys like, uh, Marcus Mariota. Uh, I look at a guy, uh, 
Heck, even a Blake Bortles, potentially. Um, there is some veteran guys that have won football games. Uh, and, and Wags, uh, if the price is right, we don't have a ton of money under the cap, uh, but if the price is right, would you be surprised if the Packers decide to try to upgrade, bring a guy in on a short-term deal, uh, and, and, and try to bring a, a little bit more of a veteran presence behind Aaron Rodgers? I actually really expect them to. I mean, if you look at this list with the number of starters, I think they can get a relative bargain for one of these guys that there's just not enough, you know, musical chairs to go around. So you look at someone like Mariota, you know, in some off seasons, he might still be able to command the opportunity to get a a starting uh, position and maybe even starters money with some of the injuries he's had and with all those guys you named uh, that are definitely going to be given starting jobs uh, wherever they go, at least to start with, you know, a, a Mariota or, or a Blake Bortles, uh, they may not be someone that you would want to hand the franchise over to, but as a backup quarterback, yeah. it's hard to say that they wouldn't be an upgrade um, with all respect to Tim Boyle. And if they can get uh, one of these guys at a relatively team-friendly deal, I, I do think it makes a ton of sense. And, in fact, I would be pretty surprised if they don't pull the trigger. Um, I mean, there's you can go down the whole line here. I, I mean, I, we don't have to name everyone on here, but uh, there's a number of guys that have come in as, as backups, too, and won some games already in their careers. Um, so they're proven commodities. Uh, so why not uh, ink one of these guys and, and – uh, uh, maybe stabilize that backup position because uh, you just never know uh, if Aaron, even hopefully he doesn't miss any time, but uh, even if he misses a game or a two somewhere on the line, uh, I, I, I would feel much better um, about, you know, perhaps one of these guys that has, has a little bit more experience and you, they know what they can do. The two you mentioned certainly have a lot of connections to our current coaching staff as well. Uh, so I think they're the ones to perhaps keep an eye on. I'm sure uh, they're going to want to keep their options open and kind of see how things unfold. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if one of them, um, if not Mariota or Bortles, if, if one of these other guys kind of looks, takes the lay of the land and says, hey, I want to get the best possible opportunity uh, and, uh, you know, get a job. Um, so maybe they're able to, to leverage that and, and get one of these guys in earlier that way as well. Yeah, it's a great point. And uh, this isn't uh, the Packers of seven years ago. Uh, you know, with this defense emerging and getting better uh, and, and becoming a bit of a, a powerhouse at times, uh, we can win games. Uh, obviously, an extended absence of Aaron Rodgers would be pretty dire, I think, for the Packers. But uh, as a one or two game fix, and in the NFL, one or two games uh, oftentimes means the difference between playoffs and not playoffs. Uh, if we could have a guy uh, come in that uh, we're confident in in a spot start to help win a football game, Wags, I mean, that's worth its weight in gold, is it not? Uh, absolutely. So um, I, I think that was as good a place as, as any to start. I don't expect the Packers will invest more than, you know, a few million on a guy. I think they're going to yeah. keep it a short-term deal, and that's mutually beneficial for whoever they sign because um, uh, if it's one of these guys that uh, perhaps is, you know, still has uh, some time hopefully left in their career, uh, they're probably going to want to just kind of hit the reset button uh, and uh, perhaps next off season the number of starting quality 
quarterbacks that are on the market is a little lower than it is this year. Uh, so they may be able to uh, leverage and have some additional value going into next season. So I do think this is a, a prime opportunity uh, to do that. And uh, I fully agree and, and would be uh, somewhat surprised if, if they don't uh, bring in one of these veterans. So Dan, yeah. let's, let's take a look then maybe um, I don't, a, a couple other position groups that I, uh, we're definitely going to be looking at uh, are wide receiver and inside linebacker and possibly tight end. Why don't we start with the tight end group? Because I think that's uh, a position that, uh, you know, there isn't going to be as, quite as much quality. And so I'm just going to pose a question to you. Do you think it makes sense on the heels of releasing Jimmy Graham? And, uh, you know, we tried that and it, it didn't work as much for the Packers to invest uh, a decent amount of money in one of these guys? Or are you looking at this list and saying, I don't know. Um, I, I, so I'm curious to see kind of where you're at because I'm not sure that I would want to spend a lot of money at this tight end position. I think I would rather get some more speed on the field uh, and really focus our time and energy at the wide receiver position. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, I mean, I think that there's quite a bit of smoke uh, right now around uh, Austin Hooper, uh, the 25-year-old tight end from Atlanta. Uh, by all appearances, Atlanta really likes him, but they've got, like, no money to work with right now uh, under the cap. I think that they're up against it pretty tough. And, and they might be in a bit of a, a rebuild mode to a, to a certain extent as well. I saw Hunter Henry got franchise tagged uh, by the Chargers, so he's going to be off the market um, listen, in a perfect world, I'd love to have an Austin Hooper or, or an Eric Ebron, even, uh, the, the Colts tight end who, who at times can be quite a threat, uh, through the air. Um, but I would agree with you, Wags. If it were up to me, um, I would be looking more potentially towards, uh, inside linebacker. Uh, certainly the wide receiver position would be something that I'd want to give a once over. Uh, and, um, and, you know, it kind of, kind of take a look at some of those, um, as you said, a bit more of a speed roll, both at linebacker, uh, and at wide receiver, just get a little bit faster. Uh, all that said, something tells me, Wags, uh, Hooper, I know, has a relationship with Coach LeFleur. Uh, LeFleur's offense is predicated on the tight end. They talk a lot about how they like the tight end. Uh, 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 combining potentially an Austin Hooper and a Jay Sternberger going into this year might be something that might be uh, tough for the Packers to pass up if it's the right amount of money. Uh, however, I'm not sure what Hooper's going to demand on the open market, and I really would, would prefer that we not break the bank at tight end this year uh, when I do think that there might be some more pressing needs for this offense and, frankly, for the defense as well. I agree. I'm not going to complain if we bring in Hooper, and yeah. it certainly would appear that that may be an upgrade at the tight end position. I'm just not sure how much better he makes the offense. Um, I think he could still be productive, but I'm not sure that necessarily makes the offense a lot better. Um, I, I really think we need a deep threat uh, in order to unlock some additional things in this offense next season. And uh, he's certainly not going to be someone that's going to provide that for you. So, um, you know, sometimes you can't uh, uh, create uh, every opportunity that you hope to have. 
Uh, so uh, you've got a ball in hand, and you don't necessarily have an option to bring in someone that you're targeting on this wide receiver group uh, or the market outprices what you're willing to pay, uh, then, you know, it, maybe it does make sense to bring in an Austin Hooper. Um, but most of the guys on this tight end list don't necessarily excite me that much. I mean, you kind of go well, through, um, you know, you've got your uh, Vance McDonald, you've got Vernon Davis, you've got Jordan Reed. These guys, uh, you know, there's, there's a ton of injury risks uh, that are, are, are out there, and frankly, a lot of them are, um, I think, a, a little over the hill, uh, to be quite honest with you. Um, Tyler Eifert's in the same boat. I mean, he's getting up there. He seemed like he was someone that, was oozing with potential a few years back, but just never was able to put it together to the injury issues that he had. Um, you know, uh, one one guy maybe uh, to keep an eye on that would be interesting is Delaney Walker, um, some connection uh, to Coach LaFleur. So I don't know, but he's up there in age two. Um, so that would have to be something that's short term. He just had a really significant injury. So I, I would be pretty nervous about uh, a guy like that, too. So uh, there's just no one on this list that really excites me all that much. So um, I, I, that's that's basically it for me on the tight end. Do you have any other guys that you think are, are worth maybe taking a look at? No, you, you, you stole the words right out of my mouth. I mean, it's an, it's an aging group. Uh, what I caution and I worry about is some of these guys have big names, uh, but they, they played the game for quite a long time. You know, the Jason Witten's of the world. Um, there's a lot of injury risk on this. There's a lot of age on this list. And uh, after the Martellus Bennett uh, fiasco a few years ago, and then Jimmy Graham contract that just didn't work out, we kind of had our fill of um, aging tight ends. And if we were to invest I'd hope we'd go a little bit younger this time around because uh, I don't want us to be tying up too much money in a position uh, where, you know, they're not making a difference. So I think we're on the same page there, Wags. Uh, but let's transition to wide receiver. What do you think? Because I think that there's quite a bit of talent, actually, on the wide receiver market. And uh, do any of these guys catch your eye at all? Well, I – I'm going to start with Emmanuel Sanders, and the reason being is, yes, he's up there a little bit in age, but a couple factors. I've seen that San Francisco uh, hasn't really been in contact with him about uh, potentially uh, getting a deal to bring him back. And uh, for me, if you can get Emmanuel Sanders for two years or maybe you know uh, a third-year option type deal uh, and backload the contract a little bit, uh, that makes a lot of sense because most likely we're going to be drafting someone early, regardless of if we bring someone in free agency. So we're looking for perhaps someone uh, similar to what Tremont Williams did for us. And we were talking about the DV group a couple of years ago. We're going to have someone that's, uh, we've got a, we've already got a young wide receiver group. So I don't want to dismiss the potential uh, that some of those guys may have that perhaps, uh, you know, disappointed a little, little bit. Uh, last season in MVS and, and certainly St. Brown was hurt, but so he'll be coming back. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, and then Lazard. So I think those three guys, I don't want it to be dismissive of them, but they're still young. Um, and whoever we draft is going to be young and may have a ton of talent, but maybe isn't quite ready right away to step in and give you that number two wide receiver production. So, a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, I think, makes a ton of sense for a team like the Packers. Uh, perhaps a shorter deal, 
he can come in and be productive for a couple of seasons, and uh, you know what you're going to get out of a guy like that. Uh, and then that allows uh, some of these young guys to develop a little bit more, progress, and uh, eventually overtake uh, a guy like Emmanuel uh, down the road. Yeah, and, you know, I would agree with you. I think we're drafting a wide receiver uh, here, and I think that uh, in such a deep wide receiver draft, I'm curious what that means for the free agent market for some of these guys. Uh, Our team's going to overpay for a Robbie Anderson. I don't know. Uh, Brashad Perriman, a late bloomer. I don't know. Uh, So it's something to kind of keep an eye on. But uh, I agree. We need to add speed. We need to add some speed. We need a deep threat. Uh, So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we double dip both in free agency and the draft. Yeah, and I love Robbie Anderson. He's someone that's been productive without, quite frankly, the best offense uh, built around him. He's had some young quarterbacks, uh, certainly uh, someone that has a ton of speed. Um, I I don't know if he's been super consistent, uh, and that's something that always concerns me. Uh, If you're talking about bringing in a guy and the money that he might command, I've seen some some pretty big numbers thrown about. And to me, I – I just don't know what he's done so far in his career that he would command a 14 or $15 million plus per season contract. I'm not going to say that he wouldn't, you know, um, live up to a contract like that, but that always makes me a little bit leery. I, I'm not sure where you stand on a guy like that. And Brashad Perriman, same thing. Consistency's been an issue. Certainly he stepped up in a big way late in the season last year with the Buccaneers. But um, we've already had some inconsistency from some of our young guys. Uh, are these are these uh, players that are going to come in and be able to be productive on a week-to-week basis? Yeah. Are, are there other wide receivers that really stick out to you at that point? I mean, I look at Devin Funches. He's just a young guy still. Uh, so those guys always interest me. But I don't know if he can necessarily stretch the field the way we want to. I saw Robinson from the Chiefs is a guy who's probably going to get a contract somewhere else because the Chiefs have so many weapons. Uh, question is, is he a, uh, uh, you know, a symptom of just the Mahomes, the, the specialness that is uh, Mahomes there in that offense? There's a lot of question marks uh, uh, at wide receiver, I think, in free agency. I think there's a lot of talent, but there's, uh, you know, it's going to take a keen eye and somebody that's watching tape, I think, to be able to go, was this just a flash in the pan? Which of these guys, to your point, Wags, are consistent? Um, you know, and I think the Packers are probably going to land somebody here in free agency, maybe not the top, top guy. Uh, but I am confident that Goody has a good eye for this, and his scouting department has a good eye for talent. Uh, so I'm just hoping we find a guy who's the right fit. And then, again, I think we also go to the draft. And I'll call my shot. I think we're probably going in the second round at wide receiver. Yeah, uh, well, a guy that you didn't name that I'm just going to throw out there, uh, and this isn't just sentimental, is Randall Cobb. Uh, He's a guy that signed a one-year deal with the Cowboys last offseason, had a decent season, um, had a a couple of games that I think he missed due to injury, but you kind of expect that from a guy like Randall. Look, the Packers aren't a sentimental organization, but uh, he's someone that – uh, he's certainly not going to command more than he got last year. And uh, I think he actually fills some of that short-term need that I talked about with Emmanuel Sanders. So I don't want to say that he's 
a backup option, but he's uh, someone that I think could come in and have a role that could stabilize some things on the offense. Uh, you know, you know what you can do get out of Randall, um, and uh, I think uh, he's sure-handed. Uh, he's going to to make the catches. Uh, has uh, certainly um, a connection with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I I don't want to just throw his name out there as someone just because we're familiar with him. I really do think that he's someone that could come in at a little bit of a lower price and the Packers would be, I think, uh, you know, I think it would behoove them to look at a guy like Randall, uh, let bygones be bygones and uh, maybe uh, have some chat uh, and see where the both parties are at because um, uh, he's only 30 years old, Dane. I think people think he's a little bit older, uh, but I think he's still got a little left in the tank and quite honestly um, could probably give us something at, a lower contract or a lower uh, number uh, and uh, allow some of those guys to slot in behind him and, uh, again, still have that opportunity to develop and not have so much pressure uh, to be out there as that number two guy. Legs, just can you imagine it? Uh, You got Adams, Cobb, Lazard, and a reasonably high round draft pick. Talk about an offense all of a sudden. So I, I, I hear you. I think that that's actually something that would be pretty exciting uh, for the Packers. Uh, and, and, again, with that familiarity with Rodgers and Cobb, there were a couple times last season where um, I, I know I mentioned to you, I went, man, it'd be really nice on this third down for Rodgers to have Randall Cobb to look at right now. Yeah, and think about a guy like Randall. Um, if we can sign Austin Hooper and afford yeah. a guy like Randall Cobb. Yeah. Um, so, okay, uh, now we're talking. If I think if we get a couple of moves in tandem, you've got to look at the whole picture. Um, I, I certainly would uh, be pretty jazzed, I think, if, if we saw that happen. And, again, it's not just the familiarity, although I'm as sentimental as anyone. I love Randall Cobb, uh, but uh, I really do uh, think – I know some people will say, oh, you know, we moved on, it's fine. But uh, I think a lot of people would be pretty excited to see Randall come back. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Um, let's look the defense. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear your take. Unless you want to touch on offensive line. I, I know Belaga's a free agent. Um, there's nobody that really sticks out at the offensive tackle position right now. Uh, I think it's, uh, it, it's still a little early to be seen if the Packers are, are – if Belaga does leave. There's a lot of ifs, I guess, at that position. Uh, but, you know, if Belaga is not resigned, and I think you and I both agree it's less likely that he will be back in Green Bay. Does that mean Billy Turner pumps out, and are the Packers looking for a guard? Um, I think the Packers are going to look internal, and then they're also going to look towards the draft uh, for the most part to try to uh, fill that offensive line position. But are there any free agents that stick out to you? I agree with you. I think the internal slash free agent guy is Jared Valdir. Uh, he's, he's another veteran guy that I think it would make sense. You could go year to year with, or maybe he's looking for a two year deal. Uh, he's going to be reasonably priced. Uh, he only had a three and a half million dollar contract last season. I'm not even sure if he's going to be looking for, I mean, certainly he might be around that number, uh, this season. Uh, and then if the Packers do draft someone, uh, we've got, that flexibility. If that young guy's ready to go, great. Um, Valdir is, is a great backup, as we saw. Uh, if not, he can kind of give us some cover uh, for the next year or two. So um, uh, that that seems like the level of move that it seems like the Packers would make. That may not be this week. 
but um, I do think that we'll see some veteran signing at some point uh, to give us some cover there on the outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, defensive line, Wags. Um, this is a position group that I think it has invested um, some money in Dean Lowry. Uh, very little um, doubt that they're going to invest a lot of money in Kenny Clark, who's a free agent next uh, year. I think the Packers really, um, really like Tyler Lancaster in a certain role within the organization. Um, Kiki was a guy who we drafted last year. Uh, later, I know that they still are high on him. Montrevious Adams, a, a, a former high-round draft pick. Uh, who hasn't really been able to make the impact that they'd like him to make. You know, uh, so we look at the roster right now, uh, a Packer defense that uh, at times plays two down linemen, sometimes plays three, sometimes only plays one, and then uses a, a ton of linebackers, one of the reasons that we signed Rashad Gary uh, last year. But all that's to say, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers went bargain hunting uh, a la uh, when we uh, went back a couple years ago uh, and, and, and signed Wilkins. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised, and somebody who actually stuck out to me, Wags, as somebody um, to, to maybe keep an eye on. And, again, uh, it, it's just kind of my a hunch for me. Uh, I saw that the Vikings uh, let, let go of uh, Lindell Joseph, uh, who was an impact player for them, was making a lot of money, was still a nice player for them, but not at that cost. Um, so, you know, I look at the defensive line position. Uh, maybe we don't sign anybody in the free agent market, but uh, always interesting to watch Goody play. Uh, they might go bargain hunting there for uh, a veteran defensive lineman to help solidify the D-line uh, before heading into the draft. I, I agree. I think they will probably slow play that position. I think you yep. said it perfectly. You know, a Muhammad Wilkinson, I, he came in. He didn't sign until right before camp, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, right. And so they may have a little bit of extra money, uh, kind of see how things unfold, uh, with this group. There's, there's some, some decent players. Uh, certainly Judavian Clowney is, is, is going to highlight, uh, the, uh, a group of, of unrestricted free agents. Everson Griffin is on there. Uh, those aren't the guys that the Packers are going to be looking at. Um, most of these guys are a little bit, up there in age, uh, similar to the tight end position. So uh, I don't think any of these guys are going to be commanding a, a, any long-term deals. And um, I, I understand that the Packers don't have a ton of space, but um, I would really expect uh, that they will be able to create a little bit more room than we might expect. Um, they can backload some of these deals because remember uh, the Jimmy Graham dead money's coming off next off season. Nick Perry's dead cap numbers coming off next off season. Aaron Rodgers' cap number is going to continue to go down uh, next year. Um, and uh, the the Smiths, their deals were pretty front loaded last year, so it may make sense that they flip and backload some of these deals um, and uh, create a little bit of extra capacity that way. So, um, And then, you know, you look at someone like Elaine Taylor that some folks think the Packers may cut to save some money. I honestly would be pretty surprised if they're not able to find a trade partner for Lane yeah. Taylor. He, he's got a pretty team-friendly contract, and he started for two years. You're telling me Lane Taylor isn't uh, someone that a team out there uh, isn't going to want to uh, take uh, and put in and slot in as their starting right guard? Uh, I would be pretty shocked if if the Packers aren't able to flip him, even if it's for, you know, a fifth or sixth round pick, I'd be pretty happy with that. 
and now they don't have to have any uh, dead money against the cap. He's only making $3.8 million next year. Um, that's a pretty friendly contract for a starting right guard. So I would be pretty surprised if the Packers aren't able to find a trade partner, and that'll free up a, a few million as well. So um, I think we do have some flexibility here. There's not really any names um, that I – I mean, I would just be – <laughs> uh, you know, throwing that darts at a dartboard here, but yeah. um, there's there's quite a few guys on on this list that, to your point, fit that profile that might be able to come in at a team friendly deal for a prove it one to two year deal um, and contribute uh, next season because we do need to bring in a little bit more talent um, and I would dare say a little bit of depth there as well. Yeah, and and. Uh, you know, looking at that and looking across the defense, uh, and talking about the DBs just a little earlier, I just, there's no way we're signing anybody of, of, you know, of major note, I would say, from a name perspective as free agent DB. At this point, I'd be absolutely shocked. Uh, however, uh, the middle linebacker position, Blake Martinez, free agent, uh, Goodson's a free agent, uh, Wags, we're looking to upgrade either in the draft or or in free agency, or potentially both. But I expect the Packers to really revamp that position group, as I know you are as well. And uh, there's a, quite a bit of talent, I think, actually, at the, at the free agent market right now. Uh, Corey Littleton from the Rams, uh, Joe Schobert over there uh, with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and a guy that, you know, who I really like is uh, uh, Kwiatkowski, the, uh, the inside linebacker for the Chicago Bears. Uh, I really like him. He's a guy I mentioned when the Packers played them last year as somebody we might be circling as well. So quite a bit of talent, I think, that uh, guys that can run maybe a little bit better than Blake Martinez. Uh, I just don't think that Blake's coming back. So uh, are any of these guys standout guys to you? And do you think it would be worth it for the Packers to invest major money uh, and maybe that's kind of our opportunity, you know, to spend money in free agency? Is there anybody there that makes you go, wow, we got to have that guy? Uh, no, not necessarily. However, I do think it would behoove the Packers to, um, sign at least one of these guys that yeah. have some experience and, and perhaps have a little bit more speed and, and fit, uh, the profile of a player that they're looking for at that position because, uh, we certainly have some, you know, some young guys on the roster, but very unproven. I'd be a little nervous, um, if we don't have a little bit of experience, even if we, you know, spend our first round pick and we get someone that we're really excited about um, at the inside linebacker position, it makes sense to me that they'd have a running mate uh, that has uh, played a few games in the league here. So um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't have someone that I'm looking at as let's go get him for sure. Um, you know, and Alec Ogletree is certainly uh, would be interesting. I think he's someone that fits the profile of what we may be looking for. He's a speed guy. I'm not sure that the Packers are going to be willing to pay what he might command. Um, so, um, and they already bought in Christian Kirksey as well, yeah. uh, who was yeah. released by the Browns. Uh, he was making almost $10 million last season. So I don't know exactly what he's looking for. Certainly he uh, came into Green Bay and left without uh, signing. So um, he's going to explore his options as he should. But um, he's certainly a guy that, Obviously, we know they have already met with them and they've taken a look at. Uh, so he could be someone that the Packers take a look at as well. Um, uh, you know, a few other guys, uh, you know, someone that a name that we may have some familiarity and uh, would, was, would have 
had a connection to Coach Lafleur's Wesley Woodyard uh, with the Titans. He's getting up there in age, uh, so I don't know. Uh, perhaps uh, he's someone that could fit um, in, in kind of that Goodson role. Uh, he's not going to command much money at this point, uh, but if he can still move and play, I, 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 I w- certainly wouldn't want him to be uh, the de facto starter. I, I think we need to go younger and faster at this position, not get an age, aging veteran that might be on his last legs. Uh, but um, certainly if, if it's a stopgap, uh, that might be someone that, that we could circle or that that's, uh, fans would have some familiarity with as well. Yeah, Wag, something tells me that uh, the Packers are going to go uh, one of two routes with the first pick uh, they have in the draft. It's either going to be uh, inside linebacker or right tackle. Uh, I just, it's my gut tells me it's one of those two positions, and then the rest they're going to be looking at a free agency. I mean, obviously free agency lands before the draft, um, so that might uh, fill it in a little bit as well. Uh, but uh, I would agree. I don't know if there's one guy in particular, and I, I get a little wary when um, we sink a lot of money into one player, although it clearly worked last season with the Smith. Uh, but the inside linebacker position, uh, certainly not something that we've uh, invested in an awful lot over the years. We already have a lot of money tied in uh, with both of our edge rushers, who, are, of course, are earning every single penny. Um, but something tells me we're not breaking the bank at free agency at middle linebacker. If anything, we might be spending some of that on Hooper and then looking to upgrade uh, maybe with Kirksey and a drafted player at middle linebacker. Uh, but one way or another, there's no doubt in my mind the Packers are looking to make a change. Uh, we're going to see different guys in there at that position. And uh, I think that uh, one way or another, we're going to get a lot faster there. Yeah, maybe a guy, another guy just taking a look here um, to keep an eye on is Patrick Onwauser. Uh He was the oh, inside yeah. linebacker with the Ravens. Um, certainly um, with Milt Hendrickson having some uh, deep connections, sp- spending a lot of time with the Ravens. The Packers are already so with uh, Zadarius, uh, had a lot of success uh, bringing in a guy that uh, uh, was part of the Ravens and, and perhaps was uh, blocked a little bit by some uh, players in front of him. Um, so Patrick, uh, you know, uh, he's pretty young. He's only 27, uh, been in the league a few years, um, and uh, he he just did a one-year, he's coming off a one-year $3 million contract. So uh, he might be looking for a, a bigger opportunity. Um, so if, if, if Milt uh, really likes his scouting report and, and likes what he sees, he sees from this guy, uh, that might be a, a name to keep an eye on as well. That's a really good point, and uh, if, if history from last season, if we learned anything, it's that the Packers like to sign guys that maybe think that their best football is well ahead of them, looking at both the Smiths and Amos, guys coming off their first contract, guys that were all like 25, 26 years old. Um, so good point, and it's something I think that we should definitely note, and that Packer fans should as well, uh, just recognize that I think Goody isn't looking for guys that have, have um, you know, necessarily been like world beaters before but guys that they think uh through tape and otherwise are continuing to ascend yeah so i I, again i'm not sure there's one guy that stands out i i'd be surprised if the packers go out and spend 10 11 million on uh, one inside linebacker that just isn't a position group that they've traditionally uh, spent a lot of money on, but clearly they're going to be trying to find ways to improve uh, that position group and get some more speed out onto the field. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, 
Are there any other positions that we haven't touched on? I don't think so. I mean, special teams, I don't think we'd be signing a free agent punter. Obviously, Mason Crosby's back. Uh, we've talked a bit about our, our thoughts of Tyler Irvin. Probably is going to get a, a, a they're going to they're going to work to bring him back. There might be competition there in the return role uh, as well. Long snapper, I thought overall was uh, pretty solid this past season. So um, I don't see special teams be you know any major impact signings there. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't want to talk about fullback. <laughs> um, but now he is a free agent. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, Malcolm Johnson is a restricted free agent as well. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I probably would think that they will probably they will try to work something out with with one of those two guys. Uh, they're familiar with them, um, and, and maybe, but then again, maybe not. Uh, perhaps they just try to add additional uh, uh, tight ends and they just roll that way. Uh, we saw some tight ends lining up in the backfield at times uh, last season, so especially late in the season. So uh, that that could give them a little bit of additional roster flexibility. I know you, for one, would be pretty heartbroken if we don't have a fullback on the roster, Dane, um, but uh, I wouldn't guarantee that uh, they'll definitely have someone there. Yeah, no, you're 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 absolutely right. Um, and even if we don't bring back uh, uh, somebody like Danny Vitale, who I thought had some nice role on special teams, but um, you know, didn't play all that many snaps, I guess, um, as the season progressed, and then he got injured there late in the year. Uh, fullback position just is a position that's kind of going away to a certain extent in the NFL. So, Wes, would you be surprised even if after the draft there's an undrafted guy that the Packers really like? Because, really, they're competing with just a few teams that still use a fullback, maybe bring somebody in the camp that way. Uh, Jake Sternberger, I thought, showed really nicely in kind of that H-back role uh, in Danny Vitale's absence. If we were to bring in an Austin Hooper, maybe there's a little bit more Jay Sternberger in the backfield and mixing him and moving him around a little bit. So you're right. Uh, I don't think this is necessarily a priority position for the Packers right now, uh, but it's something that we should just continue to monitor because, um, you know, there is going to be some talent out there uh, year in and year out uh, since there isn't as much competition for the fullback position in today's day and age. Yeah, I agree. So, um, Dane, this isn't really free agent discussion, but I'm just going to throw this out there. Is there any chance that the Packers are active on the trade market to fill some of these positions? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, that's a really good question. Lane Taylor, to your point, is, is somebody that really could be uh, a tradable uh, asset, I think, for the Packers. And uh, the only way, uh, you know, I, I think it's less and less likely that he stays in Green Bay unless perhaps they say, Lane, you're slotting in at right guard and we're kicking Billy Turner out to right tackle if Brian Belaga leaves. Again, I don't think that that's really likely because Billy Turner played so well last year right guard. Uh, I'm, I'm not big into the musical chairs on the offensive line position. I think if it's not broke, don't, you know, you know, if it's not broke, don't try to fix it and, and just try to fill in that right tackle role. Um, but very, uh, there's very much potential there, uh, maybe through the draft, you know, sending a draft pick over. It's not necessarily the Packers' M.O., uh, but it's something we could potentially see us do as well. So, I mean, I think really all bets are, are, are off when it comes to Goody, who's proven to be somebody who has a keen eye for talent, uh, and proven to be a guy who is aggressive in trying to make over the roster to look the way he wants it to and try to bring another Super Bowl back to Green Bay. 
I just think it would be interesting to see, particularly at the wide receiver position. There are a couple of teams out there that might be looking for some additional flexibility. And so just looking at the free agent group, none of those guys, there's some guys there at wide receiver, but none of them excited me terribly uh, for what they're probably going to be commanding. Um, so it would be interesting to see if, if, uh, Goody decides that this would be an opportunity if the, the price is right uh, to uh, trade in some some draft capital uh, to get uh, maybe a, a higher commodity uh, at that wide receiver position. Um, I I'm not sure what it would take to pry away some of these guys, but look look at a team like the, the Rams. Uh, they're in kind of a, a tough spot um, from a uh, you know, flexibility standpoint, they need to free up some funds. Uh, and they've got a couple of guys there uh, that would be pretty interesting to look at, like a Robert uh, Woods or a Brandon Cooks. Um, so I, I not specifically saying I want one of those guys for sure, but um, not super out of the realm of possibility, depending on what it would take. Uh, so that might be a possibility. I just want to throw that out there. Um, I know I, I talk kind of pie in the sky um, going into uh, the uh, NFL trade deadline uh, during the season, uh, a guy like O.J. Howard on the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Now, they've got plenty of money, and he's he's still on a very team-friendly contract, but not sure he fits in uh, to right. what Bruce Arians likes to do. Uh, so perhaps they uh, would say, okay, well, if we can pry a pick, um, we're not going to sign him long-term anyway. Uh, that would be certainly an interesting guy that would dramatically – uh, uh, elevate the athleticism from the tight end position, uh, and wouldn't be, uh, costing a ton of money this season. And now next year, the Packers have a little bit more, uh, if there's someone that, uh, he would be, uh, wanting to be invested in a little bit more. Uh, so, um, I, I know it's, uh, pure speculation when you talk trades, uh, but, uh, it would be interesting. I just thought I'd at least throw that out there. I love it. I, I do. I mean, it, there's no doubt about it. Uh, tomorrow it's going to get really wild, you know, potential here on the free agent market. We're going to see a lot of guys changing teams. It's just an exciting time of year in the NFL, so I just can't wait to see what the Packers do. Yep, absolutely. So hang on tight. Um, we'll be back, I think, with uh, an update once these uh, deals start getting announced. We'll let things unfold a little bit because uh, it's 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 easy to get super excited the minute the Packers might sign someone. Uh, but let's let we'll let things unfold. Um, I'm not going to give any official predictions, but um, I actually will say I I would be surprised. Um, looking at the free agents that are out there, if the Packers spend big at either wide receiver or tight end, we'll kind of see what that whole game plan looks like. But I do think they're going to be aggressively targeting specific players, maybe at a mid-tier level, uh, that can uh, potentially improve the overall quality of this roster. Agreed. Legs, I think that the Packers have their target. And I think that they're a team that doesn't really allow for a lot of leaks to come out. So we're not hearing a lot of uh, talk. Uh, but I think the Packers are going to be bargain hunting to a certain degree. But they're going to be able to land guys. I don't expect a lot of older guys. Again, I think it's going to be a younger set of, of guys that maybe aren't household names yet, but guys that can help continue to contribute and build around the core that Goody has already been able to establish in such a short amount of time. 
I think that's about says it all, Dane. Do yep. you have anything else to add? No. Uh, just follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh, please share it, like it, uh, tell your friends about us. Uh, we love doing it, so thanks so much for listening. Yep. Uh, thanks for hanging in there with us a little bit longer episode, but, um, you know, stay safe, stay healthy out there. Uh, hopefully giving you a little extra Packers content. I know you folks have a lot of other things on your mind as, as we do as well, but, um, uh, I'm feeling a little bit, uh, cabin fever already. So, uh, having some, uh, Packers, uh, to talk about and listen to, uh, is not a bad thing either. So hope you enjoy, uh, and, uh, take it easy folks. And as always, say it with us, go, 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 go.